Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. <laughs> wow. How are we doing this morning, Takeover Church? Yeah. I think we can get up a lot on that. How are we doing, Takeover Church? Can we just make some noise for our incredible worship team, our serve crew? It's not missed on me that Adrian and I, my, my beautiful wife you saw here earlier, we're uh, good lead pastors here. It's not missed on me um, that this thing doesn't rise and fall on us. This thing doesn't, this doesn't operate on us. We believe this is a church that while there may be some people who quote unquote have been called to run the, run the show, so to speak, we are nothing but good stewards of what God has given us. And so is our incredible takeover team. This is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who serves. And before we applaud, I need you guys to help me out with something because there is a team that serves here at Takeover Church that nobody sees, that nobody hears, unless they're having a lot of fun back there. But that is our incredible Takeover Kids Serve Crew, and we want to show them honor and love. So can, there's another side of this dry ball. Can we make the loudest noise possible for our Takeover Serve Crew, our yeah. Kids Crew, so they know? Pastor Lexi, Shani, if you guys can hear us, we love you. Thank you so much. No, for real, they're, they're incredible. I really felt led to just kind of honor them because they do take the next generation and it's not a, it's not a babysitting gig that they do. They're actually leading and raising them up um, the same way we're doing it here, but they do it over there so that we can just lean into everything over here. That's incredible. So we're so grateful for them. But who is ready for the word of God this morning? If we haven't met, I am espresso elated. I am wired. I have a, I'm a wild man. And I have a problem, but God is good. Amen. <laughs> so this morning we are continuing our series, This Is War. Somebody say it with their chest to their neighbor. Just say, This Is War. This is war. Whoa, somebody was a football player in a locker room and it stoked back there. <laughs> wow, okay, don't put nobody with the towel there for this is war, and if you're new with us this morning, this is war is a series on, somebody say it, freedom. Freedom. Uh, say it like you're brave heart this morning. Say freedom. Freedom. Best Scottish accents this side of Oakdale, praise God, um, which is good. But this is a series on freedom, and it's been incredible to, to start this the week before because we had Sabbath Sunday last weekend. Who enjoyed the week off? <laughs> who did things like, who went camping? Eight of us. All right. So you are the real ones. Who watched some Prime Video, Netflix, chilled, and ate some food? Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Who who did something else just because I'm missing it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Camping is something that I do, and Netflix and chill is what I do. Well, that means something else. But you know what I mean? That was last series. Summer loving. We talked about it. Go back and listen. Netflix and chill. But this morning, we are continuing our series, This Is War. My microphone broke before service, praise God. So I'm going to be using this handheld, so if I drop it or throw it or spit a lot, I promise I'm COVID-free, everything's good. We're going to let the Lord do His thing. Sound good? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Who's got their Bibles this morning? Come on. Who's got a notepad this morning? 
Oh, oh, I love it. Notepad is, is music to my ears. The fuller the notepad, the better condition your soul is in, I promise you that. I don't even, that's not even joking. Oh, Shandy, you're in here. Yeah. Who's? Abe. Abe? Yeah. Abe. <laughs> Student leaders, come on, somebody. We're doing right. All right. Be up on the Sky Bible. We love the Sky Bible, but if not, I'm going to read it to you right here. Ephesians 6 10 through 18. Who's ready for eight verses? Come on. Good. All right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. And against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness by, given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. There's a lot of big words in there. We'll break it down. Sound good? Yes, sir. Cool. We're going to pray, and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Does that sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Right now, King Jesus, we just give you the platform. God, I, I, I just give you myself. Whatever you want to say this morning, God, you know the plan, you know what the drill is. But whatever it is, God, for somebody in here this morning that needs a word that's not one that, you know, we prepared this week, God, please. Speak to your people this morning. Reach those that are far from you in this room this morning. There is no shame on anyone in this house this morning. This is a bondage-free zone. Praise God. And we are so grateful for everything you're going to do. So Holy Spirit, come wreck us from the inside out, God. We want to lead today, torn up from the floor up for the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said. Amen. 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 Come on. Oh, far out. Did I tell you the title of the message? No. Huh, look at that. Uh, we take a week off. I threw away my keys. I forgot the title of the message. All sorts of good stuff. We take a note this morning. The title of my message is this. Enamored with the armor. Enamored with the armor. And the reason that is is because as I was praying this week, I was working on the message, and I was just asking God, like, What's next? Because like when he gives me a serious idea, I kind of let him define things. I might have a few, you know, ideas or bars or whatever I want to do that's going to make this, that's going to shape this thing for me. And, and as I was praying, I was like, God, okay, we've had church going for a little over two years now. I'm pretty sure I've preached on this verse, which is totally fine, uh, a few different times. And so I'm like, Lord, I feel led to it, but what is new? What's new in this verse? Show me something that maybe you get saved today. It's your first day with Jesus. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for 34 years. I don't know. But show me something new today, God. And as I was praying, he just kept saying, enamored, enamored, enamored. And I was like, that's a great word. But what do you mean, God? And have you ever had those moments where you're like, oh, I feel like this is where I need to go with my life. But what the crap does that even look like? And so as I'm praying, the Lord has kind of revealed to me that as, as a people group, as a people group, as Christians, I don't mean as Michiganders, 
I don't mean as a white person or a black person or a brown person. I don't mean as someone who is a citizen of the United States, a citizen of the UK, a citizen of Brazil, wherever you may come from today, or Australia, the bottom of the world, like Shani. Like, I don't mean as a person who represents their nation or their state or their ethnicity. I'm talking about as Jesus followers, the one thing that is the great equalizer of all people. Amen. Amen. As Jesus followers, what the Lord was saying to me was that we have been more enamored with the facade of the world than enamored with the armor of God. And it was my it was my charge, my assignment today to break this down because I'm believing for a church, not just any church, because Grand Rapids, we have a lot of churches. We've got a lot of churches. Look on any street corner. There is a church somewhere around you. We don't want to just be another church. We're not throwing shade at them. We pray for our whole entire city, the entire body of Christ every single Sunday. But for us in our house, it is Adriana's heart that takeover church would be a place where Jesus takes over our lives so much so that we are less enamored with the facade and the lies of this world and we would be more enamored with the armor of God. Amen? Because the truth of the matter is today that there are some things in our lives that we are going to have to take off if we want to put the armor on. Right. There are some things in our lives that we are going to have to remove in order for the armor to fit correctly. Armor will not serve you to the best of its God-given and shaped and formed abilities if you do not take off what you've been wearing the entire time of your life on earth so far. If you do not remove these things, they will fit snug. It will not move right. You will not be prepared for battle. You will be ill-equipped. There's some things... That we are going to have to take off if we want to put the armor of God on. Is it thunder? Or is it just me? Is that preacher, Pastor? I got lightning on my shirt for a reason. It's really good. It's got one of the other microphones. Yo, is always mic on? That's got to be it. Huh? No. What? Check one more. Hello. Hello. It's rummaging. Sweet. Wow. All right. No worries. God is good, eh? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. There are some things, if we're going to put the whole armor of God on, that we are going to have to take a hold of some other things off. Pastor, uh, Pastor, Apostle Paul, he starts off with this verse. He says, In strength, in God's strength and in His might, be careful. Make sure that you put on how much of the armor? The whole armor of God. That means there are some things in this verse that are non-negotiable. That means there are things in this verse that we have to be careful to do. The Apostle Paul, he makes it abundantly clear. You need to do this. If you are going to be a Christian, if you are going to be a Jesus follower, if you are going to walk in the victory that Christ went to the cross for you to have, if he paid for it already, why not make good on it? Amen? Why not cash in? Does anybody want to cash in on the victory of Jesus Christ this morning? Yeah. I'm not convinced. But I hope it will be by the end of this because Paul, he makes it very clear you need to put on the whole armor of God. 
And when, Jesus, when I was praying, God was like, we need to be enamored with the armor of God. It's because for a lot of us, we've been enamored with a lot of other things. We've allowed some other things to take our attention. We've allowed some other things to take up our priority. We've allowed some other things to define us. We've allowed some other banners to weigh over our lives. We've allowed some other things to be placed on top of our head that God never said, this is what your life should be about. This is what your life should look like. There are some things in our lives that we've been walking around in that God says, these gotta fall off. These have to be removed. These have to go if you are gonna be and do everything I put you on this earth to be and do. Yeah. I want to be enamored with the armor. Paul, the first thing he mentions, first thing he mentions is fastening up the belt of truth. The reason Paul mentions this first and foremost isn't because Paul is obsessed with that Gucci belt. has nothing to do with that. The reason that Paul puts this in first in the first verse is that he says you must first first put on and fasten and tighten. It's not enough to own a belt of truth. It's not enough just to have one sitting in your closet. It's not just enough to be aware that God has made truth as a belt available to you. The reason Paul says this first and foremost for your life is because your belt holds together your armor. Truth must hold your armor together because truth must hold you together. Yeah, that's good. Some of us today, some of us today, myself included, man, I have been so enamored with the lies of this world in my life time and time again. I think I'm past it. I think I'm done with it. I think I'm well beyond. I think I'm a grown man. Can't tell me nothing. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. And yet I find myself fastening up a belt every single day when I wake up full of lies, made up of lies. This isn't even genuine leather. This is 150% genuine lies. <laughs> You're not going to fail today because you're the man. Your wife is lucky to have you as a husband. You're the best in the world. Stephen Furtick. But that's like all of us. And the reason that a lot of us aren't experiencing victory in the war the reason a lot of us aren't winning the simple fights, we're not, even, we're not even conquering or finishing the battle. The reason a lot of us aren't even winning the small fist fights, the knife fights, the reason a lot of us get taken out early is because we are not waking up every day, suiting up and fastening up a belt of truth to define our lives. Instead, we have bought in and we have fastened up a belt full of lies and shame and guilt and a false narrative set by the world, set by the enemy, set by the evil powers of this world, things that want to see you lose in this race called following Jesus. So the reason Paul says this first and foremost is because truth will hold together your armor. Truth will confirm the rest of your armor. Truth will keep everything above board and truth will hold you together while lies will tear you apart. It's impossible to walk in the victory that God has given you. If the devil can keep coming down around you and pulling down your pants. It's silly 
It's silly, but it's good theology. You're never going to win the war of your life. You're never going to win the war for your future. You're never going to win the war for your marriage. You are never going to walk in the complete victory that Christ paid for you to have with your pants around your ankles. It might be silly, but it's great theology, okay? There are things in this world that we have convinced ourselves of. I know that there are people within our own church that have been battling cancer. And instead of suiting up in the armor of God every single day, and I know this is tough to hear, but bear with me. I promise you it's going to bring you some freedom. Instead of the truth, Isaiah 53, 5, when my Christ went to that cross, he was broken, he was stricken, he was bruised for my decree and my iniquities, but by his stripes I am healed. But instead we bought into the lie and we fastened it around that cancer is a bigger C word than Christ. That sickness is a bigger S word than salvation. That death is a bigger D word than dominion that Christ went to the cross for every single believer to have. He said that it's better that I go, that the Holy Spirit may come. Greater works will you do than even I. That's Jesus' word. That is not some prosperity gospel. That is not some new age Christianity thinking. That is from the cow's mouth himself. The, the slain lamb before the foundations of the earth. This is from Christ. But so often... We're more enamored with the facade of this world than the armor of our God. And friends, can I be frank with you this morning? Is it okay to be a little blunt in the house of God? Yeah. Do we love being a part of an honest church? Yes, sir. Those that are willing to fasten up the belt of truth are the ones who will walk out the promises of God. The crazy ones. The people who are audacious, 95% audacious and 5% stupid, are the ones that are going to take God at His word and believe for healing. Are going to be the ones that take God after His word and believe for restoration in a marriage after adultery is committed. Those are the people, the crazy ones, who are going to say, I'm not going to fasten up a belt of divorce. I'm not going to fasten up a belt of shame. I'm not going to fasten up a belt of sickness. No, I am going to strap myself with truth. And the truth shall set you free. Amen. The ones that are crazy enough to take God at His word are the ones who are going to walk out His promise. Yeah. I believe that with every fiber of my being. I want to be enamored with the armor. What does Paul say next? He says, take up the, breast, the breastplate of the breastplate of righteousness. of righteousness. Man, I know this is one that we struggle with. Come on, somebody. I know that I struggle with this so hard. Taking up the breastplate of righteousness. Like I said before, remember earlier when I said there are some things that you are going to have to take off in order to put God things on? You remember when I said it like five minutes ago? This is one of them moments, okay? You want to know why? Because so many of us, we are losing the battles in our lives. God, where is my victory? God, why am I not seeing miracles? God, why am I not seeing financial restoration? restoration, restitution in this area. You said the years the locusts have stolen, you will restore. My God, where? And the reason we're losing those wars, we're asking those questions to our God is because some of us, we arrive to the battlefield and we might be a little righteous, but it ain't righteousness of God. Yeah. Some of us, we arrive to the battlefield like Matt McClure does and go, Shh. 
devil, you know who I am? I'm freaking Matt McClure. I'm the man. I just lost 57 pounds, but I'll still drop you, devil. And I show up in my own strength, in my own ego. Ego stands for edging God out, so he ain't even with me on the battlefield right now. And there are some things that I've got to drop, because here's the deal. Some of us, we lose the battle before we ever get there. Want to know why? Because we are walking in our own righteousness, self-righteousness, instead of the righteousness of God. Man, how can that be? What does that even mean? Breastplate of righteousness, what is that about? Righteousness, in a biblical context, simply means right standing with God. Well, I'm a Christian. I went to Awana. I did Bible school, VBS. Okay? VBS, vacation Bible school. I did it all. Serving in church. I go to Calvin. I'm a Christian. That was fun. But how are you showing up to the battle? Because a lot of us, a lot of us, we, we think we got it together. And we're showing up to the fight for our future for our husband, for our marriage, and you know, we think we're doing it right. I'm in a great local church called Takeover Church. I'm serving. I tithe. I'm there. I go to community nights and team nights, and I'm at, I'm at Bible study, and I'm at babe crew and boys crew, and I'm doing all these things right, but all of a sudden, I show up for this fight, and there's the devil, and he goes, remember when you were drunk and high all the time, trying to fill that void? Going bedroom to bedroom, the person to person, man to man. Do you remember when you were doing that? But Jesus, he might be able to fill that void, but no man. No man can love you past your past. And suddenly when we're in the fight for our future, we're doing all these things, we believe God is going to bring us somebody that's going to benefit us and is going to be able to encourage us on this call. We're going to be able to be married and do life and represent how Christ loves the church and we're praying for it and we're aching for it and years are going by and it's a drought single season and we're like, God, please move when we come to show up for the fight and the devil comes for your value. Instead of wearing a breastplate of righteousness, you are wearing a breastplate of shame. Shame will kill you quicker than the devil will. Shame will rob you of your future more than the devil will. Yeah. Instead, you've got to be able to look at that sucker daily. You've got to be able to suit up, and you've got to be able to say, no, today, devil, I am the righteousness of God. Today, you are under his feet. You are crushed. My God says in Romans 16, 20, that he will crush the, 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 the serpent under his feet. You shall bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That is what my God says about the enemy. Amen? Yeah, so you get to look at him in the face. Talk to me about my past, but that will not be my destiny, devil. You can look at me on the battlefield, you will see who my God is, and you will lose, and I will look faithfully and hopefully into my future. Yes. That is who our God is. That is what He says you got to do. So, some of us today, if you're in here today, or whatever your situation looks like, man, you want to go in God's strength, not your own, because your strength, you will be too busy. You will be enamored with looking at your fractures over being enamored looking at His victories. Come on, somebody. Some of us, we show up to the battlefield, and we are more concerned with our flaws than we are what He did on the cross. Amen. We have got to be able to show up daily and say, Devil, this is war, but not in my strength, not in Matt's strength, not in my pastor's strength. No, 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 no. In my God's 
straight because I'm in right standing in here with him, which means you are wrong standing with me. Amen. Yeah. I want to be enamored with the armor. I want to be enamored. You know, I find it kind of funny what I find it kind of funny what Paul says next. If we want to be enamored with the armor, I think what Paul says next is paramount for our faith. Paul says next is be sure to. It's not you, man. Oh, praise God. Don't worry about it. What Paul says next is put on. Somebody say put on. Put on. Somebody say put on. Put on. No, somebody say put on. Put on. He says put on. Put on. The shoes that are the readiness of peace. He says the readiness of peace. Not the delayed peace. Not the peace that's still on its way. Not the peace that you have to save up and repent enough for that's on layaway at Walmart for you. Not the readiness of peace that is just uh, on Amazon but it's currently out of stock right now and it'll be there overnight. God, thank you so much that we have Amazon Prime and it's one day delivered. No, none of that kind of peace. He says the readiness of peace. This peace is AKA ready. Yeah. So many of us. The reason we're losing the battles in our lives is because we're sitting here and we're wasting time and we're going, God, where's my peace? Where's my peace, Lord? My wife and I, we just had a blowout. The car blew up. My bank account looks like nothing. What is my life right now? I am down to my last dollar. My friend just backstabbed me. And on top of that, I've got this going on. And I've got sickness in my body. And Lord, it just feels like everything is coming down around me. Where is my peace? Has anybody ever had one of those days? Yeah. Where's my peace, God? Some of us, we've been so enamored. We've been so enamored with what we don't have that we're missing what's already been made available to us. Some of us, we are far more comfortable in our bondage than we are willing to lace up for our peace. Some of us today, there are some things that we've got to take off if we're going to run this race that God has set before us because shoes that are ready for peace, do you understand what that means? It means that we don't have to sit here day in and day out and go, God in heaven above it all, here's six chickens, here's my firstborn, please just bring me some peace, I need it. You don't got to plead for peace, it's already been purchased. Yeah. We're like, God, give me peace. And he's like, I have. His name is Jesus. Yeah. Put him on. Yeah. So many of us, we're losing battles because we're sitting there in the battlefield praying for peace when God is saying, put your shoes on. Yeah. So many of us, we're going, I'm on a journey, but I need peace, God. Well, what good do shoes benefit you for the journey if you're not going to put them on? God is saying, I've already done it. I've already done it in the person of Jesus. Here's what you need to do. This peace it's shoes. It's fully ready for you. Put them on. What that looks like daily, practically, is I'm going to wake up and I'm going to put my feet on the cold floor. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to drink some coffee. I'm going to grow three chest hairs, maybe. And I am going to lace up for what the enemy has for me today. Ladies, I pray you don't grow three chest hairs. <laughs> Something to pray for myself. <laughs> maybe. One day. 
or come whatever may devil, I'm going to walk in peace. My car can break down, but I'm strapping up in peace. Death can look imminent, but I know that if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, a shadow, it is a mirage. It is not real. It is not imminent. I am going to lace up for peace. Do your worst, devil, because I'm walking in peace. You can try and come for my head. You can come for my family. You can come for everything that I have and everything that God has given me. But I have a promise of the armor of God that says peace is readily available to me today. And all i got to do is choose to lace up. I don't need Air Jordans to walk on air. I've got the shoes and the peace of God to walk in the peace of God. Amen? Can I hit you with this real quick? Some of us some of us we walk around in fear. We walk around in fear which is the opposite of peace. Amen? We walk around in fear and it's because we're looking down at our feet and we see the mud bless you and we see the blood and when we look at our feet, we just see dirt and grime, and we see our past, and we see our history, and we are stressed, and we live an unsettled life because we are always looking over our shoulders, wondering when our spouse is going to realize what they actually got with us, wondering that our, when our friends are going to find out that we are a bad bill of goods, wondering when they're going to find out that we are damaged, wondering when they're going to find out that our history looks like this, and I'm not this clean, perfect, put-together, takeover Christian. I wonder when they're going to look at it, and friends, can I encourage you with this this morning? Those shoes of peace that Paul is pleading with us to put on, man, they can cover up your dirt real good. They can clean your dirt up real good. When you put on the armor of God and you put on the readiness shoes of peace, they are ready to take care of your baggage. They are ready to prepare for you to walk a new path full of freedom and a direction that God has for you rather than being stuck and stalled out, always looking in the rearview mirror for when the other shoe was going to fall. Right. you got to put on the readiness of peace. This is already made available, available to you. Don't stand there like an inanimate object target for the enemy to take out your marriage. Put on your shoes of peace. Yes. Don't stand there and be a punching bag for the powers of darkness, for the world, for the culture, for the things around us that want to try and tear down your value. Lace up and you walk in the freedom that God has for you today. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. Come on. Is anybody getting enamored with the word of God as we keep going? Because I want to be enamored with the word of God. What comes next? What comes next is paramount for our faith. It's paramount. This is something huge because if you look at this, this is the Apostle Paul and he's talking to us as a Jewish man who's now a Christian convert who is in Rome and he was in Asia. He was doing all of these things and he knows better than anybody else about war and about death and about victory. Because what Paul says next is, he says, man, if you're going to go to battle, if you're going to get in a fight, if you want to pick a war with the baddest dude on the block that's adjacent to heaven down below called hell, his name is the devil, you want to go after him? Well, you better put a helmet on. You better put a helmet on. You need to pull that, sh that chin strap down and you need to get busy. 
Because so often, one of the reasons that Christians were not seeing victory is because we show up for battle, but we didn't put a helmet on. The next thing you know, we can cuss. Next thing you know, we're getting disenfranchised with God. We're getting disenfranchised with church. We show up for battle, all of a sudden something happened, and you get rock and sock them, roboted, and you get knocked out, TKO, you were down for the five count, you were out, my friend, and all of a sudden you're looking around going, what happened? What happened? How did I get here? How do I arrive in this person whose who's bed I'm in that's not my spouse? How did I get here? How did I get here with prescription narcotics medication? How did I get here with an alcohol addiction? How did I get here lying to my spouse and going out every night? How did I get here? At one point in time, we arrived to the battlefield to walk in victory, but because we didn't lace up in the correct gear, we got knocked around, we got beaten down, and the next thing you know, you were bloody, beaten, and left for dead in a ditch. It's happened to me. How did I get here stealing things when I know my Lord is my provider? How did I arrive? And when you don't put your helmet on and you go to war, suddenly you're concussed, you're disoriented with God, and you're going, the heck? Where were you? Where was church? Where was worship? I'm the sea of victory. I'm singing it. Where were you? And God's going, well, what nation did you go to war to represent? Because what Paul, what Paul understands in this verse, which is important to us today, as Zach was talking about earlier, historical context, is that more than your breastplate, more than your shield, which we'll get to, more than any other part of your armor, if you are in Rome at the time and you are about to go to war, your helmet looks different than everybody else's helmet that you are going to fight with. If there's three armies from three different tribes coming together, their helmets are all distinctly different. Why? Because your helmet, as this one, helmet of salvation, well, lets your enemy know whose you are. It lets your enemy know what nation you represent. It lets your enemy know what you are and what you are not. What you are willing to do and what you are willing not to do. Based on your leader's representation alone, the helmet puts it on sight and on notice and lets them know rent is due, devil. Because I represent my God. Yeah. Well, some of us, we're getting disoriented and we're getting disenfranchised with God and now we take ourselves out of the battle just because we got knocked around a few times. We quit. We quit on God. We quit on church. We quit on salvation because we lost the round. And God's going, well, what nation did you sign up to represent? Did you go in there as McClure? Did you go in there representing your father's house or your father's house? Did you go into battle and your strength and your convictions and what you can muscle and muster on your own? Or did you go in God's strength? Did you go in what God has available to you? Did you lace up and did you put the helmet of your salvation on? Did you go back into battle just to end back in bondage? Or did you come out with victory on the other side of it? Because it all depends on who you came to the nation's battle as. Why? Because it lets the enemy know on the other side of the line of you. Oh, this is checkmate, son, because I came in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to lose this fight because my salvation says I've already won. 
my salvation. I'm not going to lose this fight for my health because Jesus, he went to the cross for my healing. He went for total salvation. He went for bodily salvation here and eternal salvation there. He went for it all. He said he bore all of my shame and all of my sins and all of my brokenness. He took it all upon himself in the cross so that I might be saved in every area. So do your worst, devil, because I represent the Lord. You can concuss me and take me out when I come repping me because you ain't scared of me. But when I'm repping him... Well, you can bring up my past, but I will show you my, your future. Come on, devil. I want to be enamored. I want to be enamored. I want to be in love. I want to be amazed. I want to be so love-stricken for this thing called the armor of God because I am so over showing up in a helmet of Matt McClure. I am so over getting knocked around because of my own history and my own habits and my own issues, okay? I am so tired of allowing the devil just to beat me up from door to door like those boys in Acts 17 who was like, I come in the name of Jesus. Like, well, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but I don't know you boys. They get plenty of and tossed out. I'm sick and tired of that being what my people's lives look like. I want to be a church that is so enamored with the armor of God that I'm not going to lace up in something vintage in my old me. Vintage is cool right now, but guess what? Vintage isn't cool. Matt McClure. Because yeah. my old worn out gear that I used to wear that represents me and my ego and my achievements and where I want to go and what I want to do. We off that. That ain't vintage, it's bondage. Amen. I said that ain't vintage, it's bondage. Yeah. I ain't interested in suiting up looking like me. I ain't interested in trying to be my own savior. I couldn't do it, I still can't do it. Yeah. And I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians get beat down by a devil that they already had dominion over. Yeah. Simply because they don't know what Christ paid for on the cross. You can hear a message like this and you can go, it's all about you. It's all about me. It's supposed to be about Jesus. He's a heretic. It is about Jesus. Because we're here to give glory to God in the battle. And some of us, man, we got to strap up with the right helmet or we are going to keep getting concussed. And we are going to get some mad ECT going on. And we are going to have some fuzzy memories. And next thing you know, we are deconstructing our faith and deconstructing everything that we have seen God do. We know Him to be true. He is a man of His word. We know that. But because we are concussed and we went to battle in the wrong name at the wrong time for the wrong cause and it wasn't for Christ, here we are concussed with ECT, spiritual malpractice, and going, maybe He's not who He said He is. No, He's more than He said He is. We haven't even scratched the surface. I want to be so enamored that I can walk into the battlefield with no doubt. I want to be fully convinced and fully persuaded that He is who He says He is. Fully enamored. <laughs> what did Paul talk about next? He talked about He said, be careful to take up your shield and of faith. Yeah. Your shield of faith. Now, we don't like this one. We don't like this one. I'm going to explain to you why you don't like it. And I'm going to tell you that you've had these thoughts because I know that you have. And this is something that we don't like. You've never had this conscious thought, but it's going to pop in your head that goes, oh yeah, that's something that's you know off on the inside of me and I need to figure it out. Here, I'm going to figure it out for you. Ready for this? He says, be careful in every circumstance. 
Every circumstance to pick up your shield of faith. Every circumstance. Somebody say every circumstance. That means there is zero moments, zero circumstances where you do not, in any shape or form, need to pick up a shield of faith. You always need to pick up a shield of faith. Everything that you do in your life, you need to pick up the shield of faith. Why? Because we are never called to cut and run. We are only called to go forward. We've said this time and time again here in church, this armor of God has no breastplate. You don't retreat and you don't run backwards. Instead, you pick up your shield of faith and you march towards hell, bringing heaven with you. Amen? Amen. So why don't we like that? Because it's our human interest to cut and run when things get hard. Yeah. We've done it our entire lives. Oh, this sport, it's too hard. The coach sucks. He's hard on me. I quit. Oh, school, it's too hard. That art class, they don't get it. They don't get it. I'm our tour. I'm not an artist. I'm our tour. I'm out of the box. I quit. All oh, my marriage. Shh. She ain't gonna make me food. I quit. My relationship. He don't want to keep having sex no more because he wants to be like godly and stuff. I quit. The reason the shield of faith is so important, Paul says, in every circumstance, is because so many of us, we live lives that are underdeveloped because we have cut and run every single time it got hard. Friends, as Christians, we only grow in opposition. That ain't gonna get a lot of amens, but that's good preaching. Friends, as Christians, we only grow in opposition. Your muscles grow because of resistance, or Christians grow because of opposition. We are called to take the fiery arrows of the devil, and we keep pressing forward. Why? Because we have faith. So often, just like peace, we are found on our knees up here every single Sunday, and I'm grateful for it. There's no other place I'd rather you be when you are struggling than at the altar of worship, right? But we are here and we are going, God, give me faith I need for this week. Oh my gosh, this is due. And I don't know all this interview. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I got ghosted by this boy. And all of these things. Give me faith. And God's like, I have. Yeah. <laughs> While you're crying and bleeding, he's whispering. He goes, I have. I gave you Jesus. And a part of Jesus is this armor of God. And I told you in every circumstance in dating, pick up a shield of faith because you're going to try it. Somebody's going to the enemy's going to try and throw some arrows at you, make you catch some L's, and you need to protect yourself. There's going to be some people who want to take advantage of you, but that doesn't mean that you quit dating. There's going to be some people that want to come into your marriage, but that doesn't mean that you don't you quit loving your spouse. There are going to be some people who want to take down your business and your call and what God has placed over your life. And that doesn't mean that you don't pick up that shield and you go Captain America on them and you plow through those arrows. There's going to be some people in here. And what you need to hear right now and God's bringing to mind a very specific situation because you're going to add that baby. And there's going to be some powers of darkness that want to stop it because you've got a call as a mother and you have a call as a father. And they have a call as a son and daughter of the Most High God for you to train up in the way that they shall go and not depart from them. There is a call on that life, but if the enemy 
gets a whiff of it, he is pistol whipping his arrows right towards you and you need to pick up that shield of faith and you need to run right at him. You need to let him know. You might be tossing arrows, but I ain't catching any L's today. All we do is win, win, win no matter what, okay? Even if it looks like I'm losing, I'm going to win. Why? Because I got the shield of faith that my God is behind me. Yeah. That I serve the God of the heaven's armies. That I've got heaven and all of creation that's submitted to God behind me. I'm going to pick up the shield of faith in every circumstance. I ain't got a job. I just got furloughed because of COVID. But my God, I believe that I'm going to come through on my bills. I believe that my calling is still intact. I got to let go from what I've been doing for 10 years. It's what I was made to do. But I got the shield of faith and I'm going to march towards hell. Yeah. Knowing that I have heaven on my side. My preaching this morning. Yeah. What happens next? <laughs> what happens next is probably our favorite part. Probably our favorite part. The shield of faith is our least favorite part. Because nobody, you get it wrong. The shield of faith, it isn't a defensive weapon, it's an offensive weapon. Because you plow through hell with that thing. Amen. Amen. But this next part, oh, this is purely offense. This is the part where we're like, yeah, this is why I'm a Christian. I am ready to slay some dragons. Now, let me tell you this before we get to this part. Is this. In the beginning, Paul says, be sure to put on the whole armor of God. Why? I always wanted to be a UFC announcer. Did you tell me? In this corner. Anyways. Put on the whole armor of God. Wonder why? Because every part puts together this armor called holiness. Every piece is essential for the other piece to work the way it needs to. They go hand in hand. This thing is symbiotic. They go together. They live off each other. They feed off each other. Every single part is essential. So maybe today you feel like, I don't. I got a lot of peace. I don't need to lace up. No, you still need to lace up peace. Don't you ever get it twisted that you are so holy or you are so far along or you've been saved for 30 years or 5 years or 5 minutes or wherever you're at. You have this much theology and this much Bible memorized. Don't get it twisted. You need the whole armor of God. If God put it in the Bible, you need because you need it every day. But this next part, this is the part that we all love. You want to know why? Because this next part, this is specifically designed for the battle. Say something. I wish somebody would. Somebody just say, I was made for the battle. No, I want you to say it with your chest. I was made for the battle. I was made for the battle. I was made for the battle. He says, be careful to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We love the sword of the spirit. Why? Because we like to cut things down, baby. We like to go to battle. I was made for the battle. All of us, we love swords, and we love going to war, and we love this thing, and specifically with this sword. You want to know why? Because the sword of the Spirit has already guaranteed us the victory. Amen? Amen? Some of us, though, some of us, though, we're not enamored with the sword of the Spirit. We're not. We're enamored with daggers of self-help books. We're enamored with daggers of self-help books. Oh, I got this dagger. I'm on Enneagram 7. My horoscope. I'm a Leo. Today I'm going to be this special someone. Rich Dad Porta. 365 degree leader. We'll need everybody. 
And I love these things. I love these things where we show up to the battlefield against the enemy, the powers of darkness, with a dagger of self-help going, <laughs> now that I read the self-help book, I know the person about me to avoid. I'm going to be good. I'm just going to avoid this place. I'm going to avoid this person. I'm going to avoid these kind of conversations. And I'm just going to walk my merrily way through this. I'm sorry. Avoidance is not freedom. Yeah. The dagger of self-help might help you avoid some things. But avoidance is not freedom. Avoidance is another form of bondage. Because there's still things you can't do. There's still things you can't go. There's still places you can't be around. And God wants you to be free and free indeed. So you can reach everybody, even those who grind your gears and make you want to jump out the side of a bus while it's moving. We all have those people. <laughs> but you show up with a dagger of self-help and you are DOA, dead on arrival, my friend. Because avoidance is still bondage, but a sword of the Spirit, oh, that's absolute victory. That's absolute victory. You want to know why? Because it's not some self-help guru's book of helping you avoid a problem. It's the creator of the universe that's cutting through your problems, moving mountains, reviving the dead, bringing bones back together, doing the miracle worker, way maker kind of stuff. Am I talking to anybody this morning? This is the sword of the Spirit. Another reason? That some of us because of the battlefield and we got the rest of the stuff on, we feel pretty good. It's pretty good. Feel pretty snug. Took off some things. But he says, the sword of the spirit, the same spirit that Jesus said, hey bro, it's better than I go, so you can go, bro. Stupid. It's better than I go, so the Holy Spirit may come. The spirit of the sword, which is the word of God, which is what Paul is saying. In 2020, I hate that I have to mention this. But we live in such a weird Christian time for the church where we like to deconstruct, we like to break things down, we like to pick and choose what we believe. And God said, here it is, take it or leave it. It's all or nothing. Yeah. And do you want to know what, why we're losing the battle sometimes and we're not using the sword of the Spirit? It's because we believe the Spirit is telling us something that God didn't say in His Word. Right. Yes. Or we feel like the Word of God is saying something that He would never confirm in the Holy Spirit. Friends, Scripture interprets Scripture. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God, and the Word of God will never contradict the Holy Spirit. If how you are feeling is not found in the Word of God, well then I guess that did not come from heaven. Amen. If how you are trying to put things on top of people, and you're trying to cage them, and bring them down, and not liberate them, but put them in the further bondage, if that is not, oh, if you feel like that's a word from the Spirit, but it is not found in the Word of God, it did not come from heaven, okay? If it is not here to liberate, which is what the sword of the Spirit is, then you are reading and using the Bible wrong. We are here to liberate liberate, not put people in the further bondage. Amen. Amen. Whom the Son sets free, I'm going to say it again, is free. Indeed. Is free. Indeed. Is free. Indeed. Amazing. Worship team, you can make your way up here to get ready to close. If we show up to battle with a dagger of self-help, there's an amp there now, isn't there? If we show up with a dagger of self-help, we will leave in defeat. Paul said, be careful to put on the whole armor of God. This thing is essential. 
I know essential has been a word in our culture right now that's been up for debate. Is this essential? Is this essential? In the state of Florida, pro wrestling is essential. Matt McClure might think so, but nobody else does, okay? Like, essential. <laughs> essential is a word that's up for debate, but Paul says, no, no. If you were going to live this thing out, if you were going to be a holy people, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, if you were going to be set apart, which means to be holy, if you were going to be this and do this and be everything that God said you are called to be, then you've got to take up the whole armor of God. Some of us have been so enamored with the ways of this world that we can't even begin to put the armor of God on because we're too busy with fitted gear with labels of the world on it. I'm this. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm pro-vaccine. I'm not vaccine. I'm right-wing, left-wing. I'm old school, I'm new school. You can't put that on me. Instead of walking out in the armor of God, the devil's got us wrapped up in the world's bondage by the world's labels, by the world's idea of things. And I'm sorry. There's no other identity that is higher or more important than being a son or a daughter of the Most High God. At the end of the day, the rest of it is small potatoes. Those labels that we've been wearing, they can't inform our armor, but our armor can destroy them. These labels that we've been wearing, we can't take those into the promised land. They have to stay on the other side of the river. says at the end of the scripture Paul says at the end of the scripture till the end till the end till the end of what Paul? till the end until what you'd rather wear than walk in righteousness is dead till the end till the fear that, that, that has ridden your marriage and your adult life because of something that somebody did to you that they should have went to prison for when you were five, till the end. Till your marriage is restored, till the end. Until we go to heaven and we have a new earth to come back to and all these things that God promises, till the end. Until you hear those words at the end of your life before God when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Till the end, God, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired of lacing up peace every day. Can't you just do it for me? He's like, I have. Lace up. This is my fight to win. Here's just how I'm going to do it. because I will be crying uncontrollably.
but I want to be enamored with the army of God when I leave here today. Why? Because everything else I've been fastening up and lacing up in marijuana, alcohol, binge watching to avoid the world, self-help books, dumb soap operas, whatever it is, finding my identity in my spouse, wrapping in my God, finding value in my self-worth, whether I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Do it.